The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Thomas Sanerho. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Dom. How's it going? And Jack Barazzini. Hey, Jack. Hey, Dom. Folks, I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. It's a prayer experience. Pray Station Portable. It's the Liturgy of the Hours, also called the Divine Office of the Church. And we send out several different prayers for, out th- for praying throughout the day. And you can pray along. It is one of the, the oldest Catholic podcasts out there. It's been going for 18 years as we record this, I think, at this point. It, I'm not sure it could be any older. It was one of the first things out there. <laughs> so uh, definitely check it out. Uh, uh, thousands and thousands of people have enjoyed it. You can find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash PSP. So before we get into uh, the main business of uh, this episode, I want to address something that's I've been seeing in my social media that's been driving me batty. Uh, Now, I'm (laughs) sure that none of our audience has fallen for this because you are all savvy tech users. Uh, But so this is for you to go help your less savvy tech family and friends. So uh, within the last week, uh, some police department in like Wisconsin or something, I forget exactly where, where it started, tweeted or posted or tweeted this story that this new feature in iOS 17 makes your iPhone insecure so that someone walking by can steal your contact information and all your address book and uh, just by like bumping into your phone with their phone. Um, and it, so then they give instructions on how to turn off the name drop feature. Now, no, <laughs> that's not how name drop works. And anyone who has listened to one of your episodes where we t- discuss the new features of uh, iOS 17 knows it's not how it works. The way I, the way name drop works is, is you take your phone and you hold it horizontally, nose to nose. You could say they're kissing. Uh, <laughs> you hold them to, up to each other and then it pops up a little uh, you know thing on the screen and it asks you, hey, do you want to share information with this person? And you can say, yeah. And if you want to share it, you say, share this, this, and this, and you choose what information you're going to share. And the person on the other end says, it, it says, Hey, this person is going to share their information with you. It is, it is almost impossible for this to, to it, not just almost, it is literally impossible for it to work the way that they said. So it doesn't hurt anything to to follow the steps and turn off the feature, but it's just there's two things. It it removes a decent feature, a really nice new feature that Apple's put in there, but it also continues to to, to spread this fear, uncertainty, and doubt about technology, and as if technology is this scary black box. It's all that's always it's like carrying a a cobra around your pocket, ready to bite you when you're least sus- suspecting it. And one of the things we're about here on this podcast is, is removing that fear around technology and showing that it's just a tool that you can use for good or for ill 
but it's a tool that can be in your control and it's not this scary thing. So I wanted to make sure we get that out there. We'll put, I'll put a link in the show notes about this whole thing and, and the, the truth about how name drop works and, and that sort of thing. So uh, have, I, my favorite part about this is that it's like, it's so easy to just walk by somebody and bump into them and, and get this. Like if you've ever tried these kinds of features, they're yeah. awesome, but they do take a little bit of like, you know, <laughs> hovering your phone around each other yeah. just to, to try and get that right sweet spot where it's going <laughs> to, you know, connect. Right. It, right. Yeah. It, it <laughs> it's is, not a bump into somebody thing. <laughs> it's not even, it's not even as easy as Apple shows in the, in the right. you know, thing. It, it actually is a little harder than that, but, uh, and what's, what is frustrating is, is this feature came at the same time that Apple actually made the phone a little more secure with the airdrop feature. So that there was a time with the airdrop where, uh, people could, uh, you could have it set. The airdrop could be set to receive files from anyone nearby me and people were using it to do gross things or stupid, you know, mean things to other people, you know, in public places. Now you, if you set your phone to receive from anyone, uh, and you can have it set to receive from no one. You could have it set to receive only from contacts, people who are in your address book, or if you set it to everyone, it only will do that for 10 minutes and automatically turn off mm-hmm. so that you have to intentionally be, have it open, which is, great that's that's much more secure so apple has gone and done the right thing and they get slapped on the hand for 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 this which is nothing wrong so it's just kind of frustrating yep. so that said off my chest i'm glad i, I could do that <laughs> put the soapbox back soapbox back uh let's get to some of the, the good stuff that we're here for uh, as i mentioned last time our last episode we've begun our annual tradition once again of the christmas gift guide i know it's not even advent yet but uh we want to give everyone plenty of time to to hear our guest suggestions and to get out and and purchase any, you know ones that you want so we're getting this uh, gift guide out there now or to put it another way for you to put this on your list and to subtly mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. share these inf- <laughs> ideas with the people in your life so that they can go buy them exactly so, uh i want to give everyone a chance to you know both, both of you guys a chance to give your gift ideas uh, before we get mine so uh, jack why don't you go ahead and in, tell us what some of your gift suggestions are this year awesome uh a couple of my suggestions are um, I like to start kind of low and then gradually move up the uh, the ladder of price. Um, the iFixit Essential Repair Kit, uh, it's only $30 on Amazon. And basically what it is, is it gives you all the basic tools you need to do repairs on your laptops or your phones or anything like that. It even includes like one of those suction things that you can use to pull your phone screen off if you ever need to get in there. Uh, it's got a driver with a bunch of different drill bits. It's got some spudgers, and it's just a great thing to have around if you're interested in tinkering at all with electronics. That is a so, great, yeah, it's, great yeah. kit. That it's only thirty bucks. I love the iFixit kits. They have several of different varying, you know, quantity of things in it, and uh, they're fantastic. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. uh, great. That's a good one. Um, and your next one. Oh, and my next one is um, it is the Anchor 100 watt uh, charger. It's a US. It's a USB charger that's got uh, two USB C ports and a USB A port. Um, and the nice thing about it is that it's 100 watts, so you can charge multiple devices at once. It's really compact, and if you have a phone or a device that has that fast charging capability, um, it can take full advantage of that. It's it's a bit pricey. It's eighty five dollars for a wall charger, which sounds like a lot, but it does a lot for what you get. Yeah, 
it, those GAN chargers are really great because, you know, like you said, they do the fast charging. And I've actually had trouble with some of the, some chargers not giving enough power to certain mm-hmm. devices. I, mm-hmm. I'm constantly, I think I have one portable charger that the Steam Deck will will charge from while I'm playing on it and not tell me it's a slow charger. You're not going to be able to play very long on this. Um, uh, it, so it, this is a nice compact one. That's That's really nice. Yeah, and Anchor is a really reliable brand. So if you buy this, yeah. you'll be able to use it for years to come. Yes. And then my uh, last item on the list uh, is the the big ticket expensive item, which totally isn't something that I want. Uh, it's the they just recently <laughs> released the uh, OLED update of the Steam Deck. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got an OLED screen uh, rather than the LCD screen of the older one. Um, it also has a higher capacity bat- battery, which would be really nice. Mm. Um, and they went ahead and they the prices are uh, a lot better for what you get to. It's five forty nine for the five hundred twelve gigabyte uh, OLED version, and I think they've dropped the sixty four gigabyte one entirely. Um, but it's cool. It's also got a like red accents on the on the device now, so it looks cool. Um, that's definitely the pricey one. But if you don't have a Steam Deck yet, or if you already have a Steam Deck and want another Steam Deck, this is definitely something to look at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they say actually on their site. They are discounting the 64 gigabyte and the 512 gigabyte LCD versions while supplies last. So right. if you want to get last year's model, say at a, at a less expensive price, um, I I have to say I would love to get one with a longer battery life. That's for sure, mm-hmm. uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and more storage because I've actually had to do the swapping games in and out thing, which is really kind of a pain. Uh, but uh, yeah, we I I have to say. I bought the Steam Deck uh, earlier this year, I think it was, and we love it. Like, it is mm. awesome. Um, in fact, I've discovered I can use it with my Apple TV um, wirelessly streaming the, the, the game to the, to the big screen on the TV uh, and use a controller. Like a, like a th- so it's yeah. like a game console. Um, so it's fantastic. I, I love it. Um, Great pick, man. The, I was like, oh, I don't need a better screen. Oh, I'd like a better battery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm and not, storage, yeah. Yeah, I'm not getting a new one, though. <laughs> the, the discount on the older ones is pretty good, too. So if you were planning on getting someone one and, um, you know, you were looking to get the stock while it's still in, they they did actually cut the price quite significantly. So, and and those yeah. older ones are good. I don't know I'd get the 64, but that, that 449 for the 512, it's still a really great you know, device at that, mm-hmm. at, at that price too. And the nice thing is even with the 64, cause that's the one I got and I swapped out the SSD myself and it's not hard to do at all. So you can get the iFixit kit and you get the steam deck and there you go. Ooh, you I, go may, like, oh. I may have to do that to swap out that SSD. You got me you, you tinkering with my steam deck um, and the docking station. They've even lowered the price too, which is great. Mm-hmm. That's useful. Mm-hmm. That's useful. Although I did get a, uh, cooler for mine it's gonna be a future pick of the week uh but like a cooling fan that snaps onto the back mm. um and uh i think i feel like it helps it run a little uh better uh when you because it gets it does get hot um mm. but it won't sit in the dock but nevertheless uh the dock is a useful thing to have if you uh think about that awesome good good christmas gifts ideas i would love to find any of those under my tree uh, how about you, Thomas? What is your uh, your gift ideas this year? 
Uh, some of it, I don't know if it tells the story of me getting older, but um, <laughs> at least two of mine are, are home health items. So <laughs> I'm going to throw them out there. But um, my, my first one is a sharper image, like throwback uh, there, right? Okay. Uh, sharper Back image, to the 80s. <laughs> uh, compact sport power percussion portable deep tissue massager. <laughs> this is a uh, uh, deep tissue massager. Uh, this is not a romantic massager. So uh, get it with the intention of some major relief. Uh, but if you have any kind of back pain or uh, just need to get some relaxing uh, vibes going, this thing is fantastic. Mm. Uh, we have one at our house and it is definitely deep tissue massage. Uh, it's got four different power settings. The battery lasts forever. Uh, it kind of tells you when you're done. So you like it, it goes for 20 minutes and then it stops because there's the, you know, there's the intention that you're not going to overuse it. Um, and so it's, it's, it's just a well thought of device it comes with several different uh, knobs to put on the front and it gives a fantastic massage. And I will, I will, the, the highest praise I can give it is this. My uh, eight year old grabs it every once in a while and says, dad, can I give you a massage? And I'm like, <laughs> I love yes, that please. child. Let's go. <laughs> right? Lovely child. You're my favorite. That's what I always say. I know my, my youngest was like, dad, do you want me to, want me to rub your feet? Oh, you, this is why yes. you will get my entire uh, estate when I die. <laughs> exactly. All $2. That's great. No, I like the, I like the idea of, of this massager like because it also doesn't tire like my wife's like can you can you like rub my back i have this sore in my back and i'm like after like two minutes my thumbs are going ah oh, stop mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. but you know this thing doesn't tire out that's awesome no you know? no this thing's great and it's and it's you give it the amount of pressure you want so it's not like a, you know if somebody likes a really hard massage you just rank it crank it up to four <laughs> if somebody likes a little bit of something lighter you know you just leave it at one <clears throat> and rub along their back and you're good to go wow nice here you can and also, it's fifty five dollars. Uh, this is the other yeah. great thing. Fifty five dollars, and it charges on a USB C cable. So nice, you know, all really great. Here you can also uh, summon sandworms with it. <laughs> I, I would imagine so. This is a decent thumper right here. <laughs> That's awesome. And sharper image too, which like I was as we when I saw this in the, before, I'm like thinking back to the old sharper image catalog. Man, I loved that thing. That had so many bizarre, cool tech things if you're a gen right. xer you know about the sharp image catalog i wanted the uh hologram thing that it had the hologram of like you could put anything in it and it would project a hologram above it you know mm-hmm. i thought that was the coolest thing it was probably completely terrible like like it, it was probably right. stupid but <laughs> i thought it would be cool to have so but uh I'll, I'll take that. Every once in a while, they had like a really great gadget, though, that was just, yeah. that just really worked, you know? And so, like, this is, this is one of those. And um, the one we ended up with, it was, it's fantastic. Been well worth the $55 for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Excellent. And your next one? My next one is a pick, previous pick of the week from you, but I've mm-hmm. seen this thing in action and I love it. So, this is an Ember Mug. They have a, a, an Ember Mug 2 out now. The Ember Mug is out still and it clocks in at about $100. Uh, but this is a a tray that you stick uh, a mug on and the mug heats up and it keeps your coffee warm. And it is fantastic because it doesn't overheat your coffee. It doesn't bake your coffee. It just keeps your coffee warm, you like s- right at the right temp. You set it to the temp and it keeps it there. Yes. And that's it. And, I, I, you know, when you when you when you said it, I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, sure, whatever. But I, I drink my coffee fast enough not to matter. But it really does. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, I have to tell you, I've I've been using my Ember mug for ages now over a year and 
just recently I had to I had to stop using it because long story short, we had a microwave break and the where the microwave that we borrowed to use is now is taking up its outlet and it's a long story. But so I haven't I haven't been able to use my ember for like two weeks. And I'm just so mad every morning because I drink half my coffee and it's cold. I'm like, why is my my coffee should not be cold yet? And it's because I don't have my Ember mug. And and folks, yep. just to, to tell you, I mean, what it is is it's got like an app. You set the temperature that you like your coffee at in the app, and it as soon as you pour the the coffee in or tea or whatever hot cocoa, it brings it right to that temp and it keeps it there for as long as the battery lasts. And the battery lasts a good long time. Uh, yeah, so I'm 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 totally in the bag for Ember. Yeah, uh, it's uh, <laughs> an unpaid nice. testimonial. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So, uh, uh, all right, go ahead to your next old man pick uh, for yeah, ideas. So, anyway, <laughs> so back back to the backs, right? So yeah. uh, if you don't have someone who can give you a back massage, this is actually a really great thing. We just got one of these. Um, it's actually for my mother in law, but everybody's been using it. <laughs> and um, it's a home medics air compression back stretcher. Uh, and so this is just, it's a mat that you lay out and you lay down on this mat and you, you select from one of a number of settings and the mat then, uh, fills up these air pockets under you and it just stretches your back out and it, it does these twists and these pulls on all the different spots in your back. And you would think it's like odd. That's just, just air compression, but it is really good. Like it is solid. Um, it, it, it has different intensity settings and the intensity settings are actually viable and it really does actually stretch your back. Like this thing is fantastic. You sit down for, you lay down for 15 minutes and you get up and you feel completely refreshed. (laughs) It's really (laughs) bizarre. I don't care if old man, whatever. This sounds like awesome to me. <laughs> I want this. It really is. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was. I thought it was silly because one of the ways that it, they sell themselves is like, "Who has time for yoga? Here's a 15 minute thing to do." And it's like that just sounds silly. Yeah. But it, it, it's actually really nice. <laughs> like it's a really nice, relaxing, very very calming uh, uh, machine. Interesting. So, and that one's uh, two seventy. So it's it's yeah, that not, one's about two seventy. Not inexpensive, but for something that yeah, I don't know. That sounds like that sounds like a really great gift, like a thoughtful gift. Like if you if I got that for my wife, she she like I would never would have thought to get this for myself. But wow, this is a really like well, first she'd be like what, and then I would just try it, just try it once, and then she <laughs> then she'd try it, and she'd be like, oh, this is awesome. Then I would steal it from her and use it. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a gift for both of us. 15 minutes, you know. So. Yeah, exactly. It's a gift <laughs> for both of us. Excellent. Uh, and your yeah. uh, next gift guide idea. All right. So I have one last one. This one's my this one's my fun one. Uh, one of our listeners recently asked uh, on the uh, Discord about uh, a, a good 3D printer for kids. And I didn't have a ready answer, but this is one I had heard of. And now I've actually gotten a chance to see it in action. So our local makerspace had one. I got to see it uh, actually working. Uh, it is really good. This is, it's called a Toy Box 3D printer, and it's $350. So it's a little more expensive than the 3D printers I normally recommend. But for what it does, this thing is amazing. It, it just works, which is the biggest issue with 3D printers. Like if you get a cheap 3D printer, you're going to be tinkering with it a lot. This one, it just works. It, it's great. You you put in the the item that you want to print. It prints it out, and it's done. And there's no fiddling with it there's no fidgeting it auto levels it's got the right heat it's a little box it's tiny so you're only going to be getting little prints out of it 
um, and getting prints onto it is going to require adult assistance. But other than the um, getting the prints onto the printer, pretty much everything a kid can do. So a kid can start it up. A kid can sit and watch it. They can get uh, get the print off and use it. Uh, so it's it's a really good idea for entry level. Uh, if you have nephews or nieces and you're not going to be around their house, but you want to get them into 3D printing, this would be a really great way to do it. Can it print like anything like off of like a thing of ours or something like that? Like anything that fits within the, the bed? Yep. You can load models into it. And um, it, it does that, that part, is, that part would require adult assistance. But other than that, I think you could get this all the way down to like six or seven year old could start wow. it up and pick what they need to put, pick what they want to print and then have it start and watch it go. That's awesome. Uh, I like that idea because yeah, like you said, 3D printing, that's becoming more and more mainstream, but mm-hmm. it, it's still at the point where you either spend a lot of money for a set it and forget it sort of it comes and you just turn around and go, uh, you know, $1,000 or you get you have to get one that's a little more fiddly. And it's still in the hobbyist range of things these days for a lot of mm-hmm. it. But this would be a nice one to, where, yeah, kids can get into it and they can start making their own things. I would love to be able to okay, – our our local library is was just asking, this is kind of a tangent, but asking families, what would you love to see the library do? And I said, the fa- the library should have a makerspace with mm-hmm. 3D printer. And, and this would be perfect for that sort of thing because it's a, it, do- it doesn't require a whole lot of extra. So uh, I may recommend this to the librarian as a, as an idea. It's a good yeah, idea. I, yeah. I think that'd be great. We, we have one here. Um, we have a makerspace here. They have a, an audio section where you can go and do recordings and uh, you know, they've got three 3d printing and they've got electronics and all sorts of stuff like that. That is so cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So uh, let me give you my gift guide ideas for this week. Uh, I have three of them. And uh, the first one is something I might've, I think I've mentioned before, but I want to mention it again. And it's uh, from a website called inventor.io. And because it's, the web it's it's inventor spelled without an e or one of these no or o sorry spelled without the o i n v e n t r dot i o and they sell these kits uh, they're little electronics kits and for kids to build and it's like the old you know um heath kit electronics kits remember those those old classic kits but they were a little unfocused this is a very this one tells a story and basically you get the kit it comes with an arduino board and um some instructions to connect it to a computer and you it is called 30 this one is called 30 days lost in space and it tells the story how your ship has crashed on an alien planet and you have to fix it and you fix you you have this repair kit that's the, the kit they send you and it walks you through all like over the course of 30 days there's a one little bit a day it walks you through these quote unquote fixes where you're building various things with this kit uh that it's got you know uh an LCD screen and it's got um, breadboard and cables and all kinds of stuff for you to, to build things with. And, uh, and then you the, it also comes with some eBooks for further projects you can build once you're done with the same kit of stuff. And then they also sell other kits too, uh, as well. Other you know kinds of kits for you to, to do more things as you go. And if you have a kid who's kind of interested in electronics and, uh, you know, computers or anything like that, this would be a great way to get them started and get them something interesting and fun that tells a story at the same time. 
So uh, the uh, this is the adventure kit from inventor.io. Uh, and I don't think I actually got the price on it. Uh, it's inexpensive. Yeah, it's 75. 75. I think is what, okay. what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, it's 75. I think I paid a little less at the time uh, when I got it. Um, I think I got like some promo deal. But right now it's like 75, which kind of makes sense with uh, Christmas and all. Uh, but it is a great Christmas gift. Even so, just for what you get, like that's not that's not bad at all. Like get a whole lot of great kit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you get. A, a, I'm looking at that, and I'm like, that's almost the entire cost right there by itself. Right, yeah. right. I mean, you get a whole Arduino with it, which is you know a good chunk of that seventy five right there. So uh, that's really good. Then uh, something else I want to recommend is the Apple HomePod Mini. I have three of them now in my house, and I have two of them in my office where I have my our TV. And I have them in a stereo pair connected to my Apple TV. And uh, that's my home audio system. And it works really well for that. And then I also have it, you know, another one in our kitchen. And we use that for playing music, uh, setting timers, all kinds of stuff like that. And it works really well. Uh, I mean, for for playing audio, it's it really has been a, a fantastic addition to things. One thing I was thinking of doing was getting one for the one in each of the kids' bedrooms at some point. It's kind of expensive, but uh, because of the intercom system, so I can just tell it, "Hey, Shlomo, you know, uh, tell every tell everyone it's dinner time or something like that," and it will intercom into those places. It will, rip, you know, send my message. Uh, but the, yeah, the HomePod Mini is such a great little device. One of the things I do if you have an iPhone is. Uh, if I want to play music on it, I just bring up the music app on my phone and then tap the phone on it, and it transfers the playing of that music, of that playlist, to the HomePod. And, it doesn't steal all your data? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. If you, if you tap it, uh, it's, stealing, it's stealing all your data. No, the, the, uh, the echo next to it will steal all, your, all the data from it as it passes oh. by. Um <laughs> So, and it's great. And then what happens is, is once it's playing on the HomePod, it's kind of lives there. Like it relieves your phone of having to be your phone Mm. isn't sending the music. So you make a call, you things come up. It doesn't interrupt the music. You know, it's just that the HomePod is now in charge of it, but you can still control it from your phone. So it's really a great little system for, for, you know, playing audio around your house. Uh, one thing, one weird thing that happens every once in a while though, is like, Hey, you know, uh, Shlomo pause the music. I can only do this for Dom. I'm like, it's me. Don't you know me? Like, it's me. Like, why, why don't you recognize me anymore? Ma, ma. Uh, it, it has this weird quirk in it. Sometimes you have know, all the, all technologies uh, like that. Sometimes the G one does that too. Yeah, yeah, the and and the Echo it will it will do weird things. The thing that drives me, I like the Amazon Echo, the the Alexa, uh, for a lot of things, but it drives me batty because it's constantly trying to get me to do more things with it. It's like it's mm-hmm. so needy. Like <laughs> so needy. Did, did you know you like? By the way, like shush. I, I go back to your corner. Get inside the box. Stay there. I will call you out when I need you. Dobby needs friends. You know, it's like, come on. So, so flipping needy uh, or trying yeah. to sell me things like, Hey, by the way, yeah. did you want to, you know, buy this sock that you bought four years ago again? You might need another one. Like, no, like, so <laughs> home pod never tries to sell me anything. So, which is, that's another great feature of it. Uh, 
Uh, and then finally, the uh, Apple TV 4K. Uh, so I've had Apple TVs for a long time, and I I recently upgraded to the uh, Apple TV 4K. A big chunk of that was because I wanted to be able to do this HomePod stereo pairing with it to use it as my home theater system. I have like this huge mm. home theater system with four speakers and a subwoofer and a you know, center channel. And it, it, it was like 13 years old and was starting to die. And I'm like, I don't want to replace that. It was like 1300 bucks. I bought two home pods and just stuck them next to the TV and then told the Apple TV, pair these up and make them your audio. And that's what they do. And now it, it only does audio coming out of the Apple TV like that, but I use my Apple TV for pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't have, you know, I don't use, like I don't use the DVD player anymore. I don't use cable anymore. Everything goes to the Apple TV, so it's it's not really a a big deal for me. If you still get audio from other things, that may be you know your mileage may vary on that. But uh, I really like the Apple TV 4K. It's I like the quality of the video that I'm getting. Um, it is just uh, it's a really it's really a great system. The apps on it have become really good. It's got all the apps I need and want. Um, right there and with plex uh i can i've ripped all my dvds already anyway and it's all in plex so uh it's fantastic so and uh, that you can get for 129 or 149 the big difference being the 129 is wi-fi with 64 gigabytes of storage and the uh the 149 is wi-fi and ethernet with 128 gigabytes of storage i don't think the storage is a big deal i'm not storing a lot of things on it like most of it's streamed, but I wanted the Ethernet because the Ethernet will be faster and you know you have less buffering. So I was willing to pay the extra twenty bucks for that. So uh so yeah, those are our Christmas gift ideas for this year for for this week. Uh, we have an uh at least you have at least one more week we're gonna be doing this with uh, Joanne and Father Corey next time. Uh but uh yeah, we, we hope you you've been enjoying these ideas. And if you have, listener, have any Christmas gift ideas you want to get into us real quick before we wrap things up, uh be sure to let us know. Send us some uh inf- you know, some tips, some of your information at uh, technology at sqpn.com. So before we move on to our headlines, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Benjamin C., Bill and Joanna M., Andrew H., Father Colin W., Russell Y., and John K. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So we have some headlines we'd like to cover. And the, the first headline I want to mention is this is a kind of a brief one, but Microsoft has put out a fix for Excel that uh, fixes a pro- a big problem. Uh, and this kind of goes to the ubiquity of Office, just how Office is everywhere. <laughs> it affects everything. More, like it affects our society and our civilization in way, ways that you don't really realize. Uh, so what was happening was Excel has this feature where if you enter a series of letters or numbers into a, into a cell, one of the cells, it will automatically convert it. It'll th- say, hey, that looks like a date. I'm going to change that to a date. And if that information you're entering there isn't actually a date, 
it'll get all messed up when it when it converts it. Uh, and that's what was happening with a lot of scientific data. Scientists and various research and studies, you know, groups were having this problem where Excel kept converting this stuff. And in fact, they would convert it when you open up the uh, file for the first time. Oh, let me help you with that. I'm just going to convert all these things. They look like this, right? Let me reorganize that for you. And was, you know, messing up peer, published peer-reviewed data, so on and so forth. So they finally have fixed this. They've they've set up some options where you could turn this off. Uh, but guys, like this is a, a problem with the Office being so ubiquitous and used in so many different ways. Uh, I, I've heard it called the PowerPoint effect, where, mm-hmm. you know, power the way that PowerPoint forces people to give presentations mm-hmm. has affected how business has developed over the past 30 years. Uh, have you encountered mm-hmm. any of this in your, you got yourselves? Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, I have. <laughs> uh, Excel and just Office in general is always one of the big thorns in the side of um, the development team where I work because you have to use Excel formats for any sort of data parsing or doing imports and exports. Mm-hmm. It's not as bad as PDFs with, um, because they're such a pain to work with, but it's still like I wish we could just get rid of all of it. Everyone should just use LibreOffice or OpenOffice, something like that get away from the closed systems <laughs> yeah well trying to try and convert from um comma separated value tables to excels and back and forth mm-hmm. is always a pain <laughs> and it's because excel's got some kind of weird formatting on it and if anybody has ever experienced trying to put a picture into a word document <laughs> you know what i'm talking yes. about <laughs> there was a great scene <laughs> about that oh i wish i could find it now because that yeah that was it was like I decided I, I decided to put a picture in my Word doc, and now I'm in the ninth circle of hell. Yeah, that's, <laughs> my, that's pretty accurate. My, my opening paragraph is on page 84 now. Why? Why? Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's and that's I, I, Excel. Excel is Excel is a great program. Uh, it's a really good entry level data program. So if you're trying to get a lot of work done really quickly and you don't want to have to explain, you know, three levels of programming to someone. Uh, sitting them in front of an Excel and saying this, the, this column and this row, and this is the way that works. And, and, you know, and you can do some really powerful things with it. I built a relational database in one in, in an Excel spreadsheet once yeah. where we, we had to organize uh, kids in classrooms and they had to have electives and there was all of these requirements for it. And so I had like five sheets that were referencing each other and it, it, it ended up being a relational database. Right. <laughs> it was all built in Excel with functions in Excel. So it's powerful. It's just a matter of, you know, it's it's also pernicious. <laughs> yes. Right. It it's it's too power I so sometimes it's too powerful, too open ended in a way where mm-hmm. and where and things happen that you're not aware of they're happening sometimes. Uh right. in, like with this one where you know and it, it's interesting with this one where it was just they, they the uh, the community decided to rename the way that they were referencing genes. Right. Because it was causing this problem inside of Excel, where when they would put it in, Excel immediately interpreted it as a date. And so they, they changed their naming convention in order to be able to share information. Right. On this this platform. Genetics. The entire genetic <laughs> scientific community had to change how they named genes because of Microsoft. Right. I mean, it's a, it's maddening in a way. I mean, uh, I mentioned the, the PowerPoint effect. I mean, the, the idea there is they've they've. Some you know industrial psychologists, whatever, have, have found have found through you know research 
that the constraints of a PowerPoint bullet presenting information, bullet points on slides constrains the way the way information can be presented in such a way that it has has perhaps degraded the advance of business and commerce over the past Mm -hmm. 30 years. Uh, to, you know, because of it. I mean, just because it, it literally puts your thinking in a box with bullet right. points and that's bad. In fact, they found like the defense department has had to start to ban the use of PowerPoints in uh, mission briefings. Not completely. I think they still do it, but they, they, they found it to be a problem because, you know, military missions were being constrained by the po- way PowerPoint could present the information to the soldiers. Uh, so, Yeah. I'm glad they're fixing it, but we got to come up with better, better tools, frankly. I think the biggest thing is they just need to, there needs to be just a simple toggle. Like don't try to be smart for me because that's my biggest problem with Excel is Mm -hmm. it tries to like guess what you want when I don't need it. And then when I actually would like that feature, it doesn't work. Like Mm -hmm. even something (laughs) as simple as copying like values down a row or down a column and you have to Uh select two of them to get it to like start incrementing up. Like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't and it doesn't work when I need it to work. And then it does it when it's not supposed to. And it's just right. Don't try to think for me, just be a tool. It's like the ghost of Clippy. Exactly. (laughs) Except, except he's just there poking things in the background. Like he's not actually asking you, did you mean to do this? Cause that would be preferable (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Right. It's just his revenge now. Let's say (laughs) (laughs) it's Clippy's revenge. Clippy's revenge. Uh, all right. Our next headline is interesting. I find this very interesting. Tens of millions of teens want their parents to track them. A survey finds. And this survey by the company Life360, so keep in mind, Life360 has a vested interest here. They sell mm-hmm. tracking inform- software and information. Uh, but this company has found in their survey that uh, younger, the younger the generations, the more they want to be tracked by their parents or the more willing they are to be tracked by their parents. And they said it, it, there's, a, there's a number of different factors. One is... Uh, Parents and the, the the closeness of the generations. There is an understanding between parents and teens uh, now uh, that perhaps it wasn't before uh, about you know safety and communication. But there's also a little bit more anxiety in in teens, mm-hmm. uh, which frankly I, I know that the you know clinical anxiety is a problem with the younger generation. But uh, kids are much more worried, and I think part of it is because they've been exposed to so much you know, so many warnings about how dangerous the world is. And so they're much more afraid going out into the world without a tether to, to their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you, uh, well, I know Jack, your kids are too young, but uh, Thomas, do your kid, do you track your kids? Do they let you track them? I, they would, I, I don't think they would have a problem with it at all, but we really haven't other than just, I can, you know, I can go and I can log into their Google accounts if I need to. And, and do it, find my phone. <laughs> so that's, but that's pretty much the limit of it. You know, I, I, it's, it's interesting because I, I'm, it's something I will ask them both about after having read this article, because uh, I could see one of them being completely comfortable with it. And one of them actually asking for it once I, once I bring it up. So I'm a little worried to bring it up because of that. But <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, 
my oldest, she recently went, she's 17 and she went to Texas on her own to visit my in-laws to stay with them for several weeks. And it was her first time away. And I, I put an air tag in her bags and I put, you know, and the phone is like at the tracking and I was following her as she walked through the airport. I mean, you literally, the, the find my phone these, uh, these days is so good. It can literally real time track someone. Uh, I mean, my wife and I have it on each other's phones. I often do it just because when is she going to be home? Like, um, where is she at? Is she, is she near? I better go get the dinner started. So, so it looks like I'm, I wasn't you know, goofing off the whole time she was gone. I was actually <laughs> making dinner. Uh, but you know what I mean? It's like, but with the kids, there is that little bit of when I, you know, when I was a kid independence, I went out the, I went out the door, I went to the mall, hung out with my friends, um, you know, hey Miles, I'll see you later. You know, I didn't have a phone. You know, you you you, you might find a pay phone, or you just come home when it's time to come home. Uh, and I I don't know if I'd be as freewheeling and easygoing as my mom was all that all those years ago. Uh, and and frankly, I'm I I don't like that. I I I wish mm-hmm. I want my kids to be independent, and I want to feel safe with them. But I feel like the world has made me more scared, more anxious, and. And according to this article, it's made kids more anxious. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with social media and just every horrible thing that could ever happen to anybody you see. And so that's going to, that's going to get into everyone's mind. I, I kind of view it more as like, I do the same thing that you do, Dom, where I'll turn on my location if I'm going somewhere in particular, or if I just need like, just for a safety thing, like so my wife can have it, but it's not like we'll sit there and monitor each other. It's more just mm-hmm. like, Hey, if you need to check out, like in the event that something went wrong, you can check and see where the last known location was. So I, right. I understand it from that angle, but I do also see the chilling effect on just the fact that we're so okay with being tracked to this level mm. just in general now. Right. And yeah. and I could see it becoming even an issue in marriages where, you know, a, a, a spouse saying, well, you know, why don't you want me to track you all the time? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, do, do I have something to worry about? Are you doing something I, I should know about? I mean, this could create tension and paranoia mm-hmm. and, uh, in, in relationships. Uh, one of the things they mentioned in the article is how Gen Z is just has a, there's a mental health crisis and I have Gen Z kids mm-hmm. and uh, there's, that is true. Um, but amplified by the pandemic, social media, and the 24-hour news cycle. Again, my 17-year-old talks about how she still feels anxious after the pandemic, after 2020. It's like she she looks at her life as before 2020 and after 2020. And it's like, I I, I felt so, so naive. I feel like I was so naive before 2020. I mean, it sounds so dramatic. I mean, it's a 17-year-old, so, you know. But uh, nevertheless, it's it's a real feeling for her. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and it's interesting because they all they they do have that. Just there's there's so much for them to worry about too. Where it, and and I think with them, they also have all of the social media that you know my kids aren't on social media, uh, at least not like the big ones. You know, uh, so they they worry about the sense that they don't know what's going on. So they have a lot of uh, fear of being uh, fear of missing out, right? Uh, because of that and it's tough. It's hard to, it's hard to work them through that and, and get them, you know, 
get them thinking about it in a different way. And I, so I can see this and, and it does, I mean, it concerns me a little bit, honestly, but then the turn of that is, you know, we sent all of ours to the Bahamas uh, <laughs> not too long ago. So they all had their passports. They all did international travel on their own. We weren't with them. They went and they oh, wow. visited my dad down there. So that was, you know, wow. it, was a, it was quite a trip. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it's, it's it's interesting to see, and one of the things I talk about is how the the kids themselves say they they don't necessarily want to be tracked all the time, but th- they want to be tracked if they're going someplace new or going to an mm-hmm. event or uh, going to a party, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, talk to your kids. That's the big thing. Uh, more than anything else, talk talk you know, folks, talk to your kids. How do they feel about this stuff? Um, and don't do it surreptitiously. Like, mm-hmm. don't hide it because that just mm-hmm. creates. You know that 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 gets um, it affects your relationship with them. You don't want to do that. Be upfront. Yeah. Uh, all right. So our next headline is a big story. You, I'm sure everyone's heard of it, but I thought maybe we could give our take on it. Uh, the I, I usually don't want to talk about corporate politics. It, it doesn't interest me. That in lawsuits aren't aren't all that. I don't think all that relevant to most people. But I think this is a, a relevant enough for for most people, which is because OpenAI. They had this big thing to do over their CEO. They, the board of, of OpenAI fired their CEO. And then after the entire, the entire uh, base of employees threatened to quit 700 and out of 750 or something like that, uh, they backed down. He came back and they replaced the board. And, uh, and as part of it, you have to understand is that OpenAI is a nonprofit organization with a profit seeking arm. It has a complex structure. And so the board doesn't report to investors. It, it, it's a, it's a public board. They report to the public. They, and, and so there, there's this, there's all these different things, but you know, Thomas, I know you work sort of in this industry. You have a big mm-hmm. interest in, uh, in, in the uh, machine learning uh, stuff. What was your take on this? What happened here? I, I think that there's a lot of noise being made about it that it's not really that big a deal. Like uh, there was a lot of talk about, oh, what does this mean for OpenAI? How is it going to break OpenAI and, and all this kind of stuff? I don't really think that Sam Altman is is that central to the working of OpenAI. So uh, really what, what was going on here was very much a an economic uh, internal politics decision. And, the, and if you look at who on the board was the loudest and who was being replaced and how all of this went down, it really comes down to the fact that Sam Altman was, was making some decisions of things that were upsetting people that were on the board <laughs> because it was stepping on their toes. And that's really pretty much all it comes down to. <laughs> and right. then, it, yeah. And so it's, it's interesting because my, my big concern is all with all of this stuff, there's a tendency to rush to try and say how close we are to general AI and how, look, look, this is, he was, because that was almost the first thing that came out, like after he was like, a, was, uh, oh, the, he was suppressing information about uh, the fact that they've actually discovered uh, the general AI. And it's like, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not what was happening. <laughs> and this was purely economics. That's all it was. <laughs> and general AI is this holy grail of a, what we might call a sentient AI. I mean, they right. kind of, right. down, they want to d- downplay that idea of, sentience but an ai that is sort of self-aware and self you know self-sustaining uh which i think is a pipe dream i don't i i don't know that we'll ever get 
to that. The AI will get better, but I don't think we'll ever have something that approximates human level of self-awareness. Um, but uh, so interesting. Jack, any thoughts on, on the, uh, the open AI craziness? I'm honestly, I'm, I'm at the point where I try to ignore any sort of political <laughs> or like business news around technology and just focus on the technology. Yeah. Wise, <laughs> wise words. Input. Yes. Wise words. Yes. Yeah. And uh, because in, in our case, it's yeah. worth bringing up just to, to recognize yeah, that this was yeah. actually political. <laughs> it right, is, it is right. very much a political thing. It's okay to ignore it and move on. <laughs> yes, definitely. So uh, our last headline is, I thought it, this was interesting. Atari, there's a name from the past, mm-hmm. has acquired this another company called Digital Eclipse who are experts in uh, bringing re- digital restoration of classic games. That's their, what they're, and it's the, not the second company that they've acquired that does this sort of thing. So it looks like what Atari is doing is they're sort of, uh, retro, you know, retro progression where their 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 forward thinking business model is to bring back the great classic games of the past, uh, which I think is really awesome because we've talked about classic games a number of times on the show and how it's a really an art form and it would be a shame for this art of classic games to get lost. Uh, what do y'all think of the Atari's moves and where this where this might take us? I think it's awesome because digital rot is a real thing and mm-hmm. there's so many like classic games that are in danger of being lost just because they they weren't recorded on any sort of media that's going to hold up through time and people make copies but then you get copies of copies mm-hmm. and corruption isn't introduced through there so it's I'm glad that they're actually taking the initiative to do this and I my hope is that it's going to be something that's economically viable for them and also doesn't just turn all these classic games into like pay to win subscription <laughs> like phone games like i, I just want to like pay a flat fee get the games i don't want them to be phone, like appified basically right i just can't i just can't wait for all the tiktoks froggers like crossy road like a ripoff of crossy road <laughs> like, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yes that's what it is <laughs> Uh, yeah, I want the, uh, the the Gen Z to discover these awesome games and just how how cool they are, which they don't have high, you know, the high res graphics. They don't have all the. In fact, a lot of the games that are coming out now are actually lower res. They're not, you know, mm-hmm. pixel perfect and, you know, uh, photorealistic. It's about the gameplay. And a lot of these games of the past were better than games. Some games of today because of the constraints on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my sons have just recently discovered, for the first time, Super Mario Brothers. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> I, I, I put it on the Switch, and I said, hey, uh, Anthony, why don't you check out this game? You might enjoy it. And, yeah, he's he's deep into it. Although he calls it <laughs> Super Mario Bros. And I'm like, dude, don't call, <laughs> yes. don't call it bros. <laughs> I love it. Oh. But, uh yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is, is the games the the kids don't need the games to be super high tech, and these games are good. They were they were quality. And that's why I think indie games are so popular now because it's it's more mm-hmm. about the style and the art and interesting mechanics than let's make something as realistic as possible. Right, right. I agree. I agree. But I've got one who's getting into speed running too, and so I'm going to have to buy him a classic Nintendo at some point because he he wants to do the real thing. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, on the, uh, I, the old NES, one. we can talk after him. <laughs> <All right. laughs> nice, nice. 
Uh, all right. So those are our headlines. Uh, let's move on to our picks of the week. And Thomas, I'll let you go first. What is your pick this week? All right. So my pick this week is uh, Samsung's Smart Things app. Um, this is an app that uh, b- both Android and Apple, uh, you can get it. Um, I the, It really caught my attention this week because we had to get a new stove. And we bought a new stove and my buddy at work was like, oh, I bet it's a smart stove. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't I don't think so. It wasn't that expensive. So, you know, whatever. Uh, but it was a Samsung. And um, and so I, I got home. No big deal. The next morning I woke up, I walked into the kitchen and my phone beeped at me and I pulled it out and I looked at it and it said, hey, we noticed you have a new stove. <laughs> <laughs> Would you love to add this to your smart things? And I had already started collecting, you know, I have a, I have the, a smart TV. So I had collected the smart TV and then a couple of little remote things that I have uh, that I've collected on it. The fact that it picked up on this device just because I was close to it impressed me phenomenally because the device wasn't on Wi-Fi or anything like that. It just had a Bluetooth signal uh, ready to go that connected to that smart things app. And since the app was running, it picked up that it was there. I just scanned a QR code on the front of it to grab the app. It set it up on my Wi-Fi automatically for me. I can now see when the range comes on when I'm away from the house. So if the range comes on and we're out, I know it's happening. Uh, and I text my wife the next day at work. Uh, I said, hey, uh, what you cooking? <laughs> she was like, I don't know. <laughs> and it was just because the, the range had come on and notified my phone. <laughs> so I really recommend it. It's a great app. It's really easy to use, very easy to set up. Uh, at most devices now, they even have a QR code on the front that you just scan and it does all the work for you. Mm-hmm. And it's to be clear, it doesn't work. It's not just Samsung devices it works with. It no, no, works no, with yeah. hundreds of different brands. It does. Yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah. really open-ended. I, yeah, I, I picked, picked it up with Samsung just because I had the Samsung TV, but it came on my Android phone and it's automatically um, built in. It's great. Really, really great app. Nice. You know, the the addition the addition of smart appliances like I I kind of poo pooed the idea like oh you know this is putting lipstick on a pig like what is the point of having a smart <laughs> stove or washer or fridge but we had, we got a new washer this year and it's a GE and it has an app and you know just the fact that it tells me uh, it's done and the clothes need to be moved from the washer to the dryer mm-hmm. it's actually saving us money and water because we're not having to rewash the load because it sat too long and got mildewy and needed to be rewashed. Uh, I mean, just that alone is, is, is mm-hmm. fantastic. So, uh, just, so the number yeah. of times we've lost the TV remote and I've just pulled up my smart things app to turn on the TV and get it moving. Yep. Right. Right. <laughs> it's worth right. it. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, Jack, what is your pick this week? My pick uh, this week is a app for Android called antenna pod. It's a, a free and open source podcast uh, app. It's it's really nice. It's very simple. It doesn't have any ads or any like up like features you can pay to upgrade for. It's just you can put in your podcast feed and it'll uh, categorize them all together. And that's really all it does. And I'm glad because that's really all I want in a podcast player. I used to use uh, Google Podcast, but that's going away. And then I was using Spotify, but that's just kind of a mess because you got your music and your mm-hmm. podcast and everything all together. And I like this because it's simple. Um, it pulls from all the major podcast databases like Apple Podcasts and, and Gpotter is the other one. Um, and you, it, it's not like you have to put in your RSS feeds to get the actual shows. You can search for them. They show up on there. And I checked uh, all of SQPN's podcasts do show up just fine on there. So we're good awesome. there. Yeah. 
Um, and you can put in RSS feeds if you want, but it's it's simple. It's completely free on the Android store. Um, it, it does what it needs to. Yeah, we recently talked about uh, essential apps on your phones uh, in an episode we did a few weeks ago. And one of our listeners on uh, Discord was saying that AntennaPod is one of their essential must-haves for their phone. Uh, so it's good to hear. The more podcast apps there are, there are the better, I, is what I say. Uh, so good to see. And it's free, which is always mm-hmm. good. So I've got an app that I want to talk about for this is for the Mac or well, it's for iOS and Mac. It's called Surfed. And it's it's really kind of cool. One thing it does is it's like a permanent. One of its features is it it becomes a permanent uh, history for your Safari. So uh, your Safari web browser. So every time I surfed any place, it records where I've gone. And what makes it better than the built-in history stuff in the in the Safari browser is you can do complex searches on it. So you can you, you know set up uh, it, find this and this or that, but not this. You know all that boolean stuff that you can do. Uh, you can do all kinds of filtering and searching, uh, but doesn't stop there. It gives you stats on your web surfing, which you know it might be fine. I, I don't know. It's, some people like to quantify their life like that but not me uh but something what's really interesting is they have a feature called web triggers and i haven't really gotten into this yet but what it does is you can have it run a shortcut or open apps or do some uh, background url requests or various other things when you go to a particular website or web address so if every time i go to um this particular like internal website for work, I wanted to open up Slack and my Airtable database and run a shortcut that calculates something. And I'm just kind of off the top of my head. You can do that. You can, so you can create these web triggers. And I really like this idea of this automation. There's another one that's uh, reminders. So you can actually have it, um, you know, remind, run a reminder for you uh, based on a URL. Um, and then it also will do bookmark management as well, which is really good. Uh, the, the, you can, you know, import all your favorites and manage them and create smart lists and regular, you know, folders and that sort of thing. So, uh, it does a whole bunch of things. My, the reason I got it was I wanted the history because I'm, I'm often trying to like, Oh, I was at this website earlier and I don't remember it. And, you know, searching inside Safari is, can be a pain. And this gives you a lot more ways of finding things in it. So, um, yeah. Uh, so it's called Surfed. And uh, it's on the App Store. I'm just trying to find uh, exactly how much it was uh, to, to get. It's on the, both App Stores and on the Mac App Store. It was free with in-app purchases. Uh, so if you... Um, I should have looked this up earlier, but let's see the in-app purchase. Uh, so you can, you can do a, um, a straight up purchase for 17 bucks, 99 cents a month or seven fifty a year. Um, so what I would suggest is get the monthly one for 99 cents, try it for a month. And if it's, if you like the features, buy it <laughs> and just buy it straight up. Uh, excellent. So, and of course it's, and then it does iOS too. So you can, uh, you know, combine your surfing across the two the you know your mac and, and uh, ipad and iphone 
And that's my pick of the week. And that'll do it from us this time. We'd love to hear what you think of our discussion. Anything we had to say, you can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. Send an email to technology at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You'll find links from our discussion and our picks of the week and, of course, all of the links to all our gift suggestions on our show notes at starquest.fm slash TEC236. And remember to like each episode of Secrets of Tech on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, find us anywhere we are on social media, and we love to hear from you if you leave a comment where you find us. Until next time, Jack Barazzini, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thanks, Tom. And Thomas Sonerho, thank you as well. Been great. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. Quest.